You've been a good saver for retirement, but that's only half the job. The other half involves making smart decisions about withdrawing those hard-earned dollars. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve has a best-selling book called Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Uh, he is president of Laurel Wealth Solutions and uh, so much more than that. 20-plus uh, years in the business, a uh, fiduciary, independent, all the things that we want in an advisor. Hey, Steve, what's going on? What's going on, Steve? Uh Happy Sunday evening to you. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so things are uh, things are moving along. I, I, I like this when you, you talk about only half the job is saving the money. That's true. Um, and uh, there are some things uh, that and then then when it comes time to retire, when it comes time to start using that money, that's where the problems really start. And that's where you come in because you can help guide us through really that maze of, of options to pull money out of our retirement. And and one of them that, that's been bandied about for a long time is that 4% rule. And that may have about lived its usefulness, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, the four percent rule is one of the main one of the main rules that are used in financial planning in general. So the large firms use the four percent rule. So when you hear something like the green, the orange money, or the green line, a lot of times what they're using is that four percent rule. And um, what that rule basically says is that your safe withdrawal from a retirement account is 4% of your assets. Now that rule is intrinsically flawed, uh, like many of the rules of thumb that are out there because a lot of these rules were created a long time ago. And this one in particular was created almost 30 years ago um, and is based on, on you know data that was present in the markets in 1993 which is not necessarily where we are today in 2022. So what the financial advisor, um, Bill Bengen, did to when he created the rule is he looked at a portfolio of stocks and bonds. So that's mistake number one, is that um, when you narrow your universe to just stocks and bonds, um, you're discounting other asset classes. So you know, you want to look at a more broad scope and you want to, you want to, and further research that was done by Dr. Faw, they looked at portfolios mixing stocks and other types of accounts or other types of assets besides bonds. So it could be stocks and fixed annuities or stocks and real estate investment trusts. Um, and so why, why the data is so flawed is because if you think about where we were in 1993, you could still go into a bank and get five or 6%. Right now, interest rates have been so low for so long um, and bond prices move opposite interest rates, meaning that if you have a, um, a bond at 2% and interest rates go up to 3%, someone's willing to pay less for that 2% bond. And so, because they could go out with the new money and get 3%. So the key to the 4% rule is the expected rate of return on stocks and bonds. And so what, what Bengen was looking at is he was factoring in inflation and then taking that 4%, but he was assuming the portfolio 
was going to return you over 7%. Now, there's a couple couple issues with that. Number one, bonds aren't going to return anywhere near the level that you would need them to return to get an overall return of 7%. Also, the stock market has returned something like 16% over the last 10 years, which is way above its long-term historical trend. So there's probably going to be a reversion to the mean, meaning that there'll probably be a period where the stocks do a little bit worse then uh, their long-term trend and their long-term average is about between 10 and 11%. So, you know, looking at all of that, then you, then you can kind of say, all right, well, how, how do I do it then? What, what, is the, what is the secret sauce, so to speak? And we talk about it so much on this show, but there's really no silver bullet. There's none of these rules of thumb are really designed to help you. They're really designed to help the financial services industry. So they're, they're, all of these rules are self-serving because – they want you to stay invested in their stock and bond portfolios or their stock and bond mutual funds or their target date funds. So it's easier if they can group you by by using these rules and say, hey, look, you have enough or hey, you don't have enough. What they really need to be looking at is what you're spending. And so your spending is going to determine the withdrawal rate. And then you can look at how you should invest your portfolio and the most efficient way to invest your portfolio to generate you the overall total return you're going to need when you factor in things like taxes and inflation. Okay, I mean, again, that's uh, that that makes sense. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people, like you say, it's it's a rule of thumb. Maybe it's a starting point, but you kind of see things differently. So, getting back to how we withdraw money. So, should we go for a percentage? Should we go for a fixed amount? Should we limit it to just our income? I mean, I know I covered a lot of ground there, but uh, I mean, how do we do it, Steve? So, you don't want to look at income, and that's a, that's another kind of rule of thumb that's out there is that they say, oh, take eighty percent of your pre retirement income. Well, here's the problem with that is that high income earners really generally before retirement are spending about 40% of what they're they're taking in. So just because you're making a lot of income doesn't mean you need to spend it all and a lot of people don't spend it. So you have to look at at lifestyle number one. And then what you want to do is once you know kind of what your current lifestyle is costing you, if you know you have and, and this is where everyone is different. If you have a lot of aspirational stuff you want to do, then you have to actually plan on spending more than that in at least initially in retirement. If your plan is just to be kind of babysitting grandkids and um, doing kind of domestic travel, maybe going to national parks, things like that, then chances are your lifestyle might actually cost less. So what you want to do is look at the spending. And if you're still a kind of a distance from retirement, if you're still say five years out from retirement, um, you want to, not look at necessarily, don't look at the income, look at the spending. So if the spending is say, say your lifestyle is costing you $5,000 a month, right? So $60,000 a year. You want to typically have about 10 times what your spending is saved. So if you have a, a $600,000 portfolio, um, you should be able to sustain um that $60,000 a year lifestyle when you factor in social security. Now, if you have a um, a pension as well, then that number could be a little bit smaller. But I mean, if you wanted to use a rule of thumb, that would be a little bit more accurate rule of thumb. But in general, I try and steer clear of rules of thumb. And, and we focus on what you're actually spending and what when we factor in inflation and in taxes, what the actual dollar amount you need to support your spending. And And as you do that, Steve, you end up essentially giving every dollar in that retirement a job. You know, there's I mean, 
how that money is going to be used, you know, determines where it's placed in the scheme of things. Right. And so and once you that's why it's so critical to sit down uh, and and craft a plan and sit down and define a, a well, you know, do a well-defined goal, which we talk about all the time on the show. And, you know, once you have that goal, then you can assign a cost to it. And you have to you have to continually revisit because you're spending changes throughout your retirement. But you want it once you know the cost, you can determine what the total return your portfolio needs to achieve to get to get that to to sustain that lifestyle. And you can allocate you can make your allocation decisions based on that total to return approach. And that's something that we go through with all of our clients and our listeners who call into the show and and sit down to do a plan. And we offer 15 free spots every week. And again, folks, if you'd like to have one of those spots, it's a phone call away, 800-705-9995. Steve is there for you. He can really break down that financial world that seems pretty complicated. He can make it clear and easy to understand. It's a practical financial review. Give us a call, 800-705-9995. That's 800-705-9995. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Just have that conversation with Steve and see where you are today. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Is the 401k the be-all, end-all, best tool ever to save for retirement? The short answer is no. When we come back, we'll outline three reasons why your 401k may not be right for you. We're back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, uh, Steve is, um, well, he's, you went through, you went to Tulane and now, and then you went to uh, California where you got uh, a doctorate of of law and um, that you're not practicing. But again, the fact that you have that school, you have that knowledge, I think that gives you an edge in the financial planning world. Well, it, it certainly with the retirement distribution planning, it does because it's important and we're going to talk about this, you know, a, a little bit on the show today to look at things with the end in mind. So if you know that there's going to be money left over when at the end of your retirement, which is ultimately when you pass away, you can make decisions today to to mitigate taxes. And that's where a lot of tax savings can come in. And it will help you in, in decisions like what we're about to talk about on your 401k. It doesn't make sense to maybe start doing Roth contributions or converting a piece to Roth. Okay. You know, and so, you know, those decisions are made much better when you look at the whole picture. And one of the pictures that we look at when it comes to planning for retirement is that 401k. And and as you said, it you know, there there are some you know, cons to a 401k. I mean, it's a great tool. I mean, a lot of us have one and and that's our main savings tool for retirement and that's fine. But let's talk about, let's break it down a little bit and and talk about what's inside a 401k. And, um, you know, there, there are fees and I know it doesn't seem like it, but there really are fees being charged. Right. You know, I love it when they, they they like show like, oh, you paid $15 for an administrative charge, but then they have you in all funds where you're paying one and a half percent, but those fees are hidden. So yeah. Um, let's start with the fees in, involved in the 401k. And now if you're with a bigger company, chances are there's less a, in the way of administrative fees. But if you're in like a, if your job, you are one of maybe eight employees or 10 employees, a lot of times what the employer is doing is they're passing off the administrator costs to the participants. So your 401k plan, you have administrative costs coming out that are that can sometimes be significant. The other thing too is that I'll give you a real life example. So I have um, it's a small heating oil company that's a client of mine, and the uh, CFO 
when I, when they first, when she, she became my client first. And then, then I got the company. Um, I was reviewing her 401k plan and I said, did you know your company is, is handing you down all of these, these fees? And I said, did you also know that your, your plan only has 15 choices and all 15 choices are loaded mutual funds with the most expensive share class? Uh, and they said, she was like, absolutely not. I didn't know that. And so she brought me in there. We, not only did we change the plan and put it in a a lower cost share class, but then we also added choices like index options and, uh, passive investment choices that are a little bit less in fees. So a lot of times with these small plans, they're sold by a commission-based financial advisor. So they'll put in share classes that are are better for them, but not necessarily better for the participants, meaning that they're paying the advisor every single year um, an ongoing fee. And that ongoing fee is built into uh, into the share classes. So the in this particular situation, the person was paying over 2% on their 401k balance. And the president of the business who had a substantial seven-figure balance was also paying 2% and was was quite unhappy to hear that. I'll bet he was. I'll bet he was. And so, so, um, you know, so it's, it's important that just because you're in a 401k plan, don't assume that it's, it's low cost or that the the company is doing everything or the advisor who sold the plan is doing everything to keep the cost down. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah. If you're in a big company, chances are the administration fees are, 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 are minimal. Um, And, you know, certainly like, uh, a federal employee who is in the TSP, the the costs within the plan are are very low. Um, but the, for for many of us, those fees can definitely eat into your return. So let me ask you this: If I've got a four hundred one k, can I can I give it to you or, or show you? And can you dig in and tell me what those fees are? And maybe we can make some changes. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we do with all of our clients is a fee analysis. So I've always felt, and this is again, you mentioned the the legal background. This is the lawyer in me. I've always felt that the way that the financial services industry presents fees is unfair to clients because they break everything down in percentages and they never, they'll never tell you it's a 2% fee or a 3% fee. If it's a 3% fee, they'll say it's three 1% fees or 4.8 fee, 4.8% uh, fees. They'll never say, Oh, you're paying 3.2%. Right. So um, what we do is we show you in a spreadsheet in dollars so we'll put the percentage that you're paying on each investment, and then next to it, we'll put what that amounts to in dollars. And it's very eye-opening because if you have a seven-figure balance, right, and you're you're paying 2% a year on a million dollars, that's $20,000 a year. And there aren't a lot of services that we would pay $20,000 a year for. Um, people, people are complaining about Amazon Prime going up you know, forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, know, so, exactly. Yeah, that's so for talking twenty grand. Um, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it with a common sense perspective, it, it it's eye opening. And um, and now you may be stuck in your four hundred one k plan, but uh, you know, and maybe you're not in a position to change the plan, but you're you're certainly in a a position where um, you could you could make a you could make it known. Hey, look. I'm not happy with this. And um, those those plan administrators have a fiduciary duty to review the plan. And if if enough employees are complaining about it, they're they're 
everyone is every company is sensitive to litigation so they they will they will review the plan and, and typically go into lower cost options you can also roll over your plan if it's a company that you're no longer working for or in a lot of cases if you're 59 and a half and you're still working you can take that existing balance and roll it into an IRA and you can still keep your 401k at that point too if you're still working right i mean correct if you're 59 yeah your, and your a half new contributions with your yeah. new contributions are going to the 401k, but okay. the existing balance can be rolled out. That seems like a win-win to me. I mean, you know, no, if you're 59 it, and a half, come, you know, let you take that and, and roll it into a, an IRA. I mean, you've got unlimited choices out there. You could really help make that grow. Right. So there's a couple of, for the most part, the 401k rollover makes sense because in most plans, you're going to be looking at 10 to 15 choices, whereas in an IRA, you can invest it however you want. Um where it's there are some situations where it doesn't make sense to roll over um so like for example uh, we talk about federal employees a lot on this on the show like mm -hmm. if you are a federal employee who's retiring at 50 so say you're a federal law enforcement officer who's retiring at 50 years old you can pull from your tsp which is your their equivalent of the 401k plan you can pull from that without any irs penalty even though you're under 59 and a half so if you know you're going to be withdrawing money in those first 10 years of retirement, it doesn't make sense for you to roll it over into an IRA because you'd be losing that uh, that flexibility. Of course. But um, if you're 73 or 74 and still working and you don't need a minimum distribution, then it, it maybe doesn't make sense to roll money out of your 401k because once you roll it into the IRA, you're going to have to start taking minimum distributions. Okay. All um, right. So that would be another situation. Okay. But um, there's a handful of situations where where it doesn't make sense, but the majority of the time, doing a rollover makes a lot of sense. And you know, the other thing we want to look at is is does it make sense if you have a pension and you have enough money to live on? Does it make sense to start doing taking advantage of Roth conversions? And that's something that you don't want to you don't want to make that decision in a vacuum. You really need to sit down and do a plan. And we still have about eight spots left. That sounds great, folks. 800-705-9995. If, you know, if you've got questions about your 401k, if you're thinking maybe you need to do a rollover, now's the time to give Steve a call. He'd be happy to chat with you. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we come back, we'll tackle some retirement red flags and how you can make them green. are back on the retirement referee with steve caruso i'm consumer advocate steve said all this is the show where we blow the whistle on uh, uh, financial fouls if i could speak uh, steve of course has uh, got 20 plus years helping folks get to and through retirement you've got uh, a kind of a niche with the with federal employees as well he's a fiduciary independent all those things that we need and uh, um so i like this uh, you know the red flags maybe turn them green you know what i want steve i want the checkered flag i want to win yeah, no, absolutely. You want to win. And what we're going to do is, um, you know, there's nothing that causes you to lose more than costly penalties or unforced errors, right? Sure. So um, we're going to we're going to blow the whistle, I guess, now on a couple of different fouls that um, that are very common out there. And we want to make sure that they don't happen to you. One of the main ones is, of course, if you don't have a plan if you, and, and that plan needs to be in writing, that plan needs to be something that you can refer to, that you can change when necessary. That's that's key, isn't it? Yeah. Having a plan, it, it, it's, it seems like second nature, right? But you, so many of us don't do it or we, we have a plan in our head and we say, oh, that's good. But if you don't commit it to paper, if you don't monitor it, if you're not reviewing it with a professional periodically, uh, then you're not you're not you're not really planning. 
you know, so to, to say, oh yeah, I want to have this by the time I'm such and such an age, or, you know, that's a, that's great. That's a goal, but it's not a plan. And so it, a plan is a, a strategy that you're systematically inputting every single day, you know, and then you have someone who's holding you accountable to it. And so that's, that's where an advisor comes in because the advisor is going to be reviewing it with you. And that's what we do with our clients on a quarterly basis. All right. Well, and again, I think that when you say hold you accountable, that that's important too, because it's, I mean, it's not like, well, I just think if you get that plan put together and, and then, you know, you've got this idea of, okay, this is how I'm going to get to retirement. That's, that's what you mean when you say you hold them accountable, right? Right, exactly. So uh, I'm not going to sit there and say, why did you spend $5 on coffee? <laughs> yes. But that's not what I mean by holding you accountable. I'm, I'm saying it when you when you make decisions that are clearly not in your interest, you know, that's when I'll say, hey, look, that's not in your interest to do that. Like, uh, for example, market was super volatile to start the year. If you have segmented your longer term money into stocks, a bad week or a bad month is not a reason to sell out of your stocks and try and go to the sidelines. You're not trying to time the market. You're trying, to, it's the time that you remain in the market. Sure. And if you've done a plan, you haven't segmented assets to the stock market that you're going to be spending in the next five years. So there's no reason to panic when the market has gyrations downward. Sure. And so that's, uh, that's what I mean by um, holding you accountable and making sure you don't make silly mistakes. Like I, I, I had a situation where I did a review this past week with a client and they said, boy, am I glad that I did the review with you because they were about to take a, um, a significant withdrawal from their retirement account to, um, to buy a new car. And they had money sitting in the bank. Uh, that we had specifically set aside for that car purchase. And I said, why, why would you, why would you do that? You're still working right now. You're going to pay, you know, you're going to be in a much higher tax bracket if you do that. And so, um, you know, but these are, these are little things that sometimes people will do. And if they're not checking with someone, they just go and do it uh, impulsively. And, um, Having an advisor kind of helps you along that. Oh, absolutely. And folks, if you'd like to reach out to Steve, it's 800-705-9995. And uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but most of my bills are automated. It automatically comes out of the checking account, no problem. But we should do that the same. We should be the same when it comes to saving for retirement. Put it on autopilot. You'll never miss the money. People are not doing things in an automated way that, that are still writing out checks and putting on a stamp and dropping it in the mail uh, with bills for one, but also with savings. Because once you get into a, a habit of saving and you have the money coming out of your account, if you're not seeing it really hit your account, the chances of you spending it are a lot less. So you want to you wanna save in a, and we talk about this all the time on the show, you want to save in a way that's sustainable. Um, so if you're not saving now and you say, oh my God, I need to jumpstart my savings, let me start with saving $3,000 a month, but you were saving zero before, chances are you're going to do that for two or three months and then you're going to be right back to zero, right? Because um, you, you bit off more than you can chew. So what you want to do is start off small and then gradually increase it. You know, um, So if you're doing, say, $200 a pay period now, maybe up it to $250 and then digest that for three or four pay periods and then up it to $300. If you go in gradually like that, the chances of you being able to sustain it is important um, because if you don't sustain it and then you keep doing the savings, 
and you you run a shortfall of what you're spending, then all of a sudden you start making bad decisions, meaning like you take out credit card debt or you know you sell because you don't want to change what you're you're plugging into your savings. So if you you want to be able to keep things as they are, you don't want to incur credit card debt, but you do want to try and up your savings, but just do it gradually. Okay, well, yeah, sure. And, and it makes it easy as well. And um, so one of the other things, too, I think sometimes, you know, we start working for a company, we get very, in, you know, very invested in it, uh, literally and figuratively, but we need to diversify a little bit. We shouldn't have all our eggs in one basket. Yeah, no, and I, I talk about this a lot um, because I used to work uh, at the artist formerly known as Smith Barney, which later became uh, Citibank. And so that's where I, you know, I spent the the early part of my career. And if you remember Citigroup stock uh, in the financial crisis <laughs> went from $50 a share down to two. Oh. But I had a lot of clients that had significant amounts of Citigroup stock. And if I had a, a dollar for every one of them that, that told me, oh, no, I'm not worried about it, it's going to come back. And they get anchored to that position. Um, and that can be very devastating. So as the stock started to, to go down, I said, this is you really need to diversify some of this. And, and people were like, no, I, I, I survived. You know, a lot of these were employees of City, City Group. So I survived the early 90s when the stock went down and it, I held on and it bounced back. And sometimes it doesn't bounce back. And so now you just had a million dollars of City Group shares and nothing else in your 401k, and it went from 50 down to two, you've just lost, you know, 95 plus percent of your of your retirement in one fail swoop. Um, and that stock, uh, because it did a reverse split, is still not, not anywhere back to where it was even uh, prior to the pandemic. Wow. So, um, you know, so that's, you know, that's something that you you really need to, um, to address. And you know, you might think your company is great and that this will never happen to your company, but you don't know and, and no one knows. And so um, if it's in a 401k plan, there are ways that you might be able to take it out of that 401k plan uh, in a tax efficient manner and diversify it uh, gradually uh, use and, and incur less taxes to do so. So um, so that's something that, that's one of those strategies that we, we would sit down on a one on one and uh, put together for you. But if you do have a, a highly appreciated uh, company stock in your 401k plan, there are strategies available that you can that you can mitigate some of the taxes on that and and get it uh, begin the process of getting it diversified. And so that's something that um, if you sit down with us, we'd be happy to show you that strategy and. Uh, and put together a plan for you. And we have about five spots left. All right. So that sounds great. 800-705-9995. It's an opportunity for you to get a financial roadmap put together. And, you know, you're going to see where you are today. But what Steve's been talking about is creating that roadmap and, you know, that a guide that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995 is the number. 800-705-9995. When we come back, we've got great questions from listeners. That and more right after this.
We are back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso having a great conversation. I loved how we you kind of got us through this whole process of, of putting a plan together, the importance of that, and and how to you know maintain it. And and you maintain it because you have frequent gap. You know, you meet with your clients pretty regularly, don't you? Yeah, every three months. And yeah. so, and, and that's so important in retirement. And that you know, a lot of times we think we think, oh well you know, the, the more, the important thing is saving for retirement. I need to have advice to make sure I have enough money saved. Well, actually in retirement, your spending changes a lot, a lot and events in your life can change your, your spending. So if you got sick, for example, or, um, your, you know, the decision to downsize, there's a lot more important decisions that you're actually making related to your money in retirement than, um, than pre-retirement and the, the decisions impact you a lot greater because you don't have the ability to go out and earn money. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's important to, um, to have an active relationship with your advisor. Of course. And if you'd like to have, begin that process, it's a phone call away, 800-705-9995. All right, let's jump into a couple of these questions here while we've got some time. Uh, William is up first. He says, I am 55. I plan to switch to a new and likely less lucrative career. I need to tap quite a bit of my retirement money to supplement my new venture. How can I get the highest payout and avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty? Okay, so that's a that's a good question, William. And so you would have to. There are ways to to access the money without the ten percent early withdrawal penalty. Um, under IRS Section seventy two T, you could take substantially equal payments. Um, so you would you would get the same amount, but you'd have to do that for at least five years. You'd have to take the same equal amount for the next five years. So depending on how much money you're going to need to supplement the, the venture, we would need to see what your balance was um, and um, you know, what level of, of withdrawal your balance would be able to support under 72T. And that's something that we would have to do uh, in a one-on-one -on, -one on a plan. Sure. And, and that, But that's definitely a calculation that we could do for you. All right, William, if you'd like to uh, explore that further, give Steve a call, 800-705-9995. All right, Eric says, uh, he says, my wife and I filed taxes jointly. We're both approaching 50 and currently have a combined 750000 in traditional 401k money. Both of us are still working, have taxable income of 150000 I want to switch future contributions from my traditional 401k to a Roth 401k. We currently give $35,000 per year to our 401k. If I switch to a Roth, that will push us into the 24% tax bracket. My goal is to have some untaxed income to fade our tax burden in retirement. Is this a bad idea? No, it's a great idea. Uh, the question is, you're, you're putting away $35,000 into your 401k. So that's obviously going in pre-tax. So you're losing that deduction when you put the 35,000 into Roth. Um, and so just, you know, figure on your check and I don't know how often you get paid, but let's just say for simplicity purposes that you get paid once a month, uh, your check would be going down, uh, your total checks, your net checks would be going down about a thousand dollars a month in that scenario because you're not getting the deduction anymore. So um, it's great to switch to Roth. I commend you. I think that's the right 
approach, but you want to do it again in a sustainable way, meaning you don't want to you don't want to switch everything to Roth if your spending can't support the reduction in your in your net pay. Sure. So because if if you do it in a way that's not sustainable, again, it can lead to a, a cash crunch. And people undervalue the importance of having liquidity. Uh, but when you don't have liquidity and you don't have cash in the bank, that leads to very bad financial decisions. And so you want to make sure that um, you can sustain the drop in your income and that you'll still have enough of a cushion in the bank. Because the last thing you want to do is, um, yes, you're saving on uh, you're saving on future taxes by putting into the Roth, but now you're incurring 18% or 20% credit card debt. So um, you, you always want to make those decisions in the context of the plan. Um, based on the general information that you gave me, I, I think it probably would be a smart thing to do. But again, you'd want to do it in the context of a plan. 800-705-9995. Eric, if you would like to learn some more, uh, let's see, we got time for another one. Let's go to Lee. Uh, Lee says, I'm rent. I'm retiring from my job in June of this year. I have money in a 401k and an IRA totaling about $200,000. I also have a pension and will receive, will receive Social Security benefits. I still have a house payment and some other debts. My income and debt are approximately the same. I'm not looking to invest any of my retirement money. What type of advisor should I see to help me budget my retirement savings and pay off some debt. Well, how about you, Steve? <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's exactly one of the things that we're going to do. Um, and we still have, I think, about three spots left is we will look at your goals. Obviously, it all starts with your goals. So if your goal is to, um, you know, to have your be, you know, get out of some of your debt and have a, a budget for retirement. Well, the budgeting is is standard part and parcel of the plan. So we want to look at your spending and we want to make sure that we're budgeting and that you have enough assets to and income to meet um, what you need. I also don't think you should be so reliant on your pension and social security because remember, even though, and I don't know if your pension has a cost of living adjustment, but let's assume it does. Uh, and social security certainly has a cost of living adjustment. Your, your costs in retirement will actually inflate much faster than the cost of living adjustment on your pension and your social security, because healthcare and healthcare insurance premiums, which become an increasing part of your uh, overall retirement mix, um, or your retirement spending, I should say, will inflate at a much faster rate than the cost of living. So I, I don't necessarily think that um, not investing your retirement money is, is is the right thing, but that's, that's a conversation for a different day. Um, paying off debt in terms of you want to look at what the debt is, right? So if it's, um, you said some other debt, so I don't know what that other debt is, but if it's high interest rate debt, you definitely want to get rid of that first. Um, if it's, you mentioned a house payment, if that's a mortgage um, where you're paying two or 3% interest, you don't necessarily need to be in a rush to pay that off. And again, paying it off prematurely could cause you to have too little in liquidity. And then when something happens, it's not necessarily easy to go jump and get a new mortgage because remember your um, your banks are going to be looking at what you're making in income and chances are your income will be lower than when you're working and they won't be rushing to hand you out money on your on a new loan. So um, you want to always make those type of decisions in the context of a plan, but it's a great question. And uh, 
like it's like I mentioned earlier, we still have about two spots left. So uh, we look forward to hearing from folks. 800-705-9995 is the number you can call and uh, sit down with Steve, get that financial roadmap put together. You know, it's a, it's a way for you to take things that are complicated, like the things we've been talking about, break them down, make them clear and make, you know, make it easy to understand. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. So if you're listening, then just simply give us a call. 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, of course, but more importantly, you'll find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, a pleasure to talk with you and, and just get this great information out there. Yeah, no, I love doing it. Um, and we'll be back here again next Sunday evening. Thanks so much for listening, Orlando. on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P. Ray.